Welcome to the Astrocast with astrologist Raquel Reyes, an added bonus to the Spiritual Phoenix podcast. You can take a personal deep dive with Raquel through her links in the show notes. I'm the humble host of the Spiritual Phoenix podcast, Ross Sesta. Please support the show by subscribing to our YouTube channel, leaving us excellent reviews wherever possible, engaging in our content on social media, shooting me an email, sending an audio message through the Anchor app, and donating through our links. This is a community podcast. I'm just the host. Let's start the show. All right. Welcome, everybody. We are joined today with Raquel Reyes. Raquel, how are you doing today? Hey, Ross. I am doing awesome. How are you? I am a little bit exhausted and somewhat kind of spacey, energetically wired, but good. Thanks. Do you think that the Mercury retrograde in your sun sign of Pisces was a little intense for you these last couple weeks? <laughs> um, it was interesting for me because uh, last time that we had like kind of spoke about recording, I was getting ready to go on vacation. Um, I had travel delays. There was a whole Facebook, Instagram meltdown during that time period. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of interesting Mercury retrograde stuff going on, but now I'm like slingshotted out of it. How about you? Well, I am a Virgo sun, Virgo Mercury. So Mercury rules Virgo and Gemini. So whenever we have a retrograde, naturally, if you're Virgo or Gemini or have those placements, you're definitely going to feel it. Or if you are, you know, have heavy placements in the sign that the retrograde was in, like how you are a Pisces. Um, but for me in particular, that retrograde was transiting my third house of communication and expression. <laughs> so I felt very, it was very difficult for me to like get out my words and my thoughts in a way that like made sense to others. I felt like really misunderstood the whole time. I just felt like I couldn't connect in, which with all that Virgo energy, I, it was like torture. But I think for me, the retrograde, it actually kind of forced me to like slow down a little bit in a way that maybe I wouldn't have otherwise. So I guess that now that it's over, I can say like, okay, I'm grateful for it. But yeah, if you were to ask me like a week and a half ago, I would be like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Something else funny that happened to me during that, it actually came up when you were uh, talking. I tried to go on a date with somebody and it was like this whole mismatch of miscommunication the whole time. Did you go? So yeah, I, I still went, but. So while you were with the person, it was like off. It was like completely off and like almost like existing in different worlds. And <laughs> it, it was really uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, that's the worst. Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of like technology stuff. My whole astrology system crashed. Like you mm. said, the Facebook, Instagram thing. Um, I didn't have any injuries this time, luckily. <laughs> but um, the person that I'm dating, he was born during a Mercury retrograde. So it was actually kind of nice because while I was losing my mind, he was able to keep his cool. And so that created a nice symbiosis. Oh, very cool. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but okay, cool. So retrograde aside, I am really excited to talk about this new moon in Aries. Yeah. So what's this new moon in Aries all about? I'm curious to find out. All right. So not to be dramatic or anything, but <laughs> this new moon is essentially the new beginning of this next entire year. 
Mm. So we just had the astrological new year when the sun went into Aries and the astrological new year, you can observe it just like our new year's Eve, new year's day. It is the beginning of the astrological calendar year. So Aries is the first sign of the Zodiac. So astrology's new year's day is the first day of Aries season, which happens to also be the first day of spring. So in astrology, to have the first new moon of the year, this new moon is going to be connected to all of the other moons that we experience throughout the year, new and full. And it's really setting the stage and setting the ground that we are going to be working off of for the remainder of the year. And it's, it's also in Aries. So this new moon is happening on April 5th at 1.50 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So it could be April 4th for you, depending on where you live. And it's at 15 degrees of Aries. And like I said, this is just new beginning. A lot of people with this new moon, it's going to be fire activating. So this is going to be the new moon where anything you've wanted to start, anything that's been on your mind, a lot of like change in direction is going to be happening around this new moon. And it's going to be a lot, a welcomed a welcomed source of movement and action coming out of the Mercury retrograde because we had so much stuff going on in Pisces. Mercury has been in Pisces like double the time than Mercury normally stays in a sign because of the retrograde. And remember that Pisces is ruled by Neptune, which is a very sleepy planet. It creates fog. It rules the dream world. It's very cool and, and fantastic, but it really slows us down, like physically can make people tired. Like during that retrograde, I couldn't stop sleeping. I thought I was sick like multiple times, but it's just Neptune. So Neptune and and Mars, the ruler of Aries, are completely different planets. Mars is the god of war. Mars is the activator. Mars rules our desires, our wills. Mars rules our body and how we activate and move about in the world. So this new moon is an embodiment of that planet, of that sign. And it's, I mean, it's spectacular. I'm really excited about it. So what's also really cool is I'll just kind of tell everyone this for those of you who have your natal chart or have access to it, how, what you want to do is you want to find out where you have 15 degrees Aries in your chart. So you're going to want to look to wherever Aries is on that outer circle and then find 15 degrees. There's 30 degrees in every sign. So Ross, I have your chart up right now. And why we like to look at 15 degrees is because that's going to tell you what area of life this new moon is going to be activating the most. So every house is a different area of life, a different thing you have going on. And for you, 15 degrees Aries is in your sixth house. That's the house of daily routines, daily activities. It's the house of health and wellness and nutrition. It's the house of being of service to others. It's also the house that represents animals, plants, nature. This is the Virgo house. So even though yours, you're, you have Aries governing this house, it is still the house of Virgo. So these are Virgo matters that we talk about in the sixth house here. And that's where you're going to be activated. So curious if that, if you feel that already, or if that's kind of something that you might be working on. Yeah, all that stuff definitely kind of shifted for me. Um, not this most recent Sunday, but the past Sunday, the previous one, I realized that I really had to change my eating habit, kind of reinvent my schedule, and I've been making that progress. And then um, just today, 
I kind of recognized that some of my daily habits in regards to my business actually were kind of empty and that there's other priorities I need to do. So I'm literally like restructuring everything. And then in the midst of all this, I've been getting back on this healthy eating plan and kind of like really using my, my culinary skills that I have my degree in like to actually like cook good, healthy meals for myself again. So that's really interesting because a lot of chefs have six house placements because it's about like, um, being of service and stuff like that. So it's really interesting to me that you have a culinary background. Um, that's really funny. I mean, maybe this new moon could really get you activated again with that or on a different path where you really do pursue it more ardently. That is really exciting. Um, you know, this, this new moon is Aries, right? So Aries, Aries likes to be first. It is the initiator of the Zodiac and Aries does rule self. Like Aries is I, I think, I feel, I do. And it's not necessarily a selfish way because really if we didn't embody Aries qualities and we all have Aries somewhere in our chart, um, if we didn't embody Aries, it would, it would be like we wouldn't be getting stuff done with motivation. Aries just brings that vigor that we all need from time to time. And we only get this Aries new moon once a year. So, you know, I, I know that Aries can be impulsive, so that might be something to, to think about. And we're going to go definitely go into all the transits surrounding that. But like I said, this is, this is a new beginning and it's really exciting for anyone who maybe had a rough year. So in astrology, we don't look at the year starting on January 1st. We look at the year starting in Aries season. So if you look back from, you know, this whole entire year back to last April, it's like, what were you doing? What did you have going on? If you look at the scope of your year from, from April to this April, you'll probably, you probably are ready for a new beginning. You know, I'm sure a lot of stuff happened for all of us. It was, it was kind of a tricky year, 2018. Hmm. We had a lot of retrogrades. We had some really intense eclipses and I'm just in love with this new moon because for me, Aries, when I think of the sign Aries, I think of opportunity. And especially after the last couple of months being so sleepy, it's almost like a lot of us didn't have access or we didn't have the drive to pursue stuff. So there's tons of movement happening here. And it's also important to mention that if you have any planets in Aries, those are going to be really activated by the new moon as well. Hmm. So that's, that's a really fun one. Um, another way that we want to look at new moon activity as well is that because Aries is ruled by the planet of Mars, we want to look and see what Mars is doing in the sky right now because Mars is going to be affected as well. And right now we've got Mars and Gemini. So Mars and Gemini happened on March 31st. And it's really interesting because Gemini is a very different planet, uh, different sign than Aries. So Mars and Aries is really heavy and hot and heated and activated, whereas Mars and Gemini, Gemini is an air sign. It's a mutable air sign. This is adaptability, but this is all things mental. It's communication. It's anything going on upstairs, that's Gemini. Gemini is like the thinker of the zodiac. So this is going to be about options. Um, this is also a sign of duality. And so that's where Mars and Gemini can get a little bit tricky because we might feel scattered. 
if you know a Gemini sun in your life, they could be prone to like random accidents. Like I have a girlfriend who's a Gemini. There's always something like her ankle sprained or she fell downstairs or like, and I'm like that you're such a Gemini. Like you're such a klutz and they're really, really intellectual and smart. But when it comes to the body stuff, Gemini's can be a little bit all over the place. <laughs> um, and so what's funny is that Mars rules the body and Gemini rules the arms and the hands. So with this energy, it's almost that like, we're going to be juggling a lot with Mars and Gemini during this new moon. And that's where the plot is going to start really thickening with this new moon. So every new moon is, of course, a new beginning. We want to check what degree we have in that sign. We want to see what Mars is up to. But then we also want to really pay attention to how the other planets are communicating and interacting with this new moon. And in this particular situation, we've got some Saturn and Capricorn energy happening. <laughs> and Saturn is the ruler of Capricorn. And Saturn is, we talk about him a lot. He's intense. You know, he's the guy who conducts your whole Saturn return, which I'm sure everyone's heard of at this point. If you haven't, Saturn return is, it happens between 27 and 30. Everyone has a Saturn return. And it's where the planet Saturn, Daddy Saturn, literally comes into your life like a probation officer. And he <laughs> double, triple checks everything you think you know. He tests you. So that's what Saturn does. He brings tests. He brings the hard lessons. He wants you to do the right thing, the noble thing, the responsible thing. And so what that does is it really catapults you very quickly into adulthood from the coasting of our youth. And it's really tough for some people because obviously in your 20s, like we, I mean, at least I did, I just thought I had it all figured out, um, which is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> And so my Saturn return, now that it's over, I can look back and be like, that was a blessing. But like the retrograde, when you're in the thick of it, not so much. So this new moon is exciting for sure, but it wouldn't be in integrity for me to just promote it as very exciting, but not talk about maybe the more serious aspects that we will have happening. So the first one that we have is that the sun and the moon which are conjunct during a new moon, they're going to be square to Saturn and Capricorn at 20 degrees. In astrology, squares are, you know, they're, it, they create pressure. It's two planets squaring off in the sky. Hmm. It's that they don't necessarily get along because they have different purpose, different motivation. They're trying to do very different things. So when we've got Saturn and Capricorn, plus the Aries moon and sun, Aries moon and sun is like, let's go, let's do this. I'm activated. Now's the time. It's not being very refined or thoughtful about the process. It just like knows what it wants and wants to go for it, which is classic Aries. But then what happens is that Saturn's going to come in. And like I said, he's that probation officer. So he's going to kind of come in on this day of the, of the new moon. And he's going to kind of bring a reality check a little bit. And so this energy is going to grow through the next five days leading up to the new moon. So we're going to kind of start feeling the tension a little bit. And, you know, every new moon is a new beginning for sure. But what's going to happen is that this Saturn square, because it is the sun and the moon, we're going to, we're going to have two tests. We're going to get tested twice where Saturn's going to ask us what's realistic, like what's manageable. What are you actually available for? It's almost like Saturn's a life coach or something, right? <laughs> like 
you you plug in and you're like this is what i want and then saturn is like okay let's dial it back for a second because this this might be what you want in the moment aries but longer term saturn you know it's it's a really interesting duplicity with these two energies and what's really funny is that on april 1st this is going to be more of an emotional check in with the moon so the moon is going to go through the squares first and then the sun and so saturn coming in you know it's all all planets provide clarity at the end of the day and it's actually a gift what saturn is doing here because he's going to allow us to slow down a little bit because sometimes just running through the gate and being crazy and just going for it like that's very risky and we do need that risk from time to time but as we all know sometimes when you rush into something or surge forward without much thought or plan uh it's kind of like my grandma used to say like haste makes waste mm. <laughs> you could you could end up being stuck having all these weird loose ends to tie up that you didn't think about when you began the journey so we kind of want to when this happens we'll probably feel it energetically you just want to lean into it and you want to really listen to saturn he, he's like your father and he has your best interest in mind always. So that is going to be the first square that we're going to feel. And then the moon is going to move a little bit. It's going to go into 23 degrees and it's going to square Pluto, who is also in Capricorn. So this is where we're going to feel a bit of an emotional power struggle. Because again, we're talking about the moon and our lunar qualities are emotional. So Pluto is one of my favorite planets. Pluto rules Scorpio. And Pluto is the planet of transformation. He's the planet of the eighth house, which is sex, death, rebirth, mystery, other people's money. And what happens with Pluto is that what he wants us to look at is what's happening below the surface. So deeper than our appearance, what we output, who we think we are, it's like Pluto goes to those deep, that deep soul level. So in evolutionary astrology, Pluto is where we believe the soul is living in the natal chart. So Pluto is really important to us. And what Pluto wants us to do is to look at our fears and go to those deep internal places and give ourselves the time and the space to listen to our own feedback. So this is going to be a time, you know, during this day of the new moon, if you begin to feel this, like if you start out of the gates really strong and, and Aries, but then you kind of start to feel a little emotional or you start to maybe doubt yourself. This is all going to be Pluto. This is Pluto and Saturn. Like I said, they're kind of coming with reality checks. And Pluto, remember, is the planet of transformation. Pluto wants deep transformation, whereas Aries wants in the moment satisfaction on the spot. So there's a way to have it all and we're going to have it all. However, we can't just have a new moon and not take into consideration how the other planets feel about this crazy new moon happening in their sky. <laughs> Some of them are going to have opinions and they're going to want to interject themselves. And that's going to be Pluto and, you know, Pluto and Saturn. They're going to be those, they're going to be those guys. <laughs> hmm. And they're not always every moon, every lunation is really different, but it's just the way that the degrees line up that these are the main players here. And so that's going to come up. But it's like I said, it's a great opportunity to really get clear with yourself internally. And remember that we can, we can have things look a certain way on the outside, but if they're not feeling great on the inside, it's never going to matter. It's, it's, have you heard of how like 
they've done studies where like people can amass wealth or um, like belongings, but they're still like not any happier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so this new moon is, is maybe going to bring a little bit of that up to the surface. And my advice for if you begin to feel this emotional power struggle is to really hold your value and really embrace your core values. And, and also like, it's okay to look within and be like, is my shit right? <laughs> you know, like we don't, we're not perfect. We're not perfect beings. No one is. So I really like the Pluto check-in that's going to occur on that day. And then it gets even better because once the moon is going to move to 24 degrees, and I'd like to also interject really quickly that the moon moves degrees way faster than the sun. So that's why the moon's going to go through everything first, and then the sun will trail after. That's so because moon... it's closer? I'm sorry? I'm sorry for interrupting. I said that's just because it's closer, right? That it goes through everything oh. quicker? Yeah. So the moon changes um, astrological signs every like two, two and a half days. It's so quick. The moon oh, goes wow. through every sign once a month. And so another really fun astrology tip is you want to find your moon sign in your chart. So for you is moon in Scorpio. So every month when the moon goes into Scorpio, that's going to be your time. That's like your VIP time with the moon. You're really able to connect into your emotions. You're very in tune, intuitive. And for you, you've got your moon in the second house, just like me. So second house is money and material wealth. Money matters. So when the moon goes into Scorpio every month, that's actually your money-making time. That's when you're the most potent to bring in wealth and money and creation. So for me, I'm moon in Capricorn. So whenever the moon's in Cap, I literally structure my business around it. That's my time to sell. That's my time to like be on. And I have to tell you, since I started doing that, I've never had a moon in Capricorn lunation that didn't bring me exactly what I was setting out to receive. So that's kind of just a fun little moon trick that I love to talk to people about. So you're saying for me, try to like really hone in on making money on moon in Scorpio? When the moon's in Scorpio, yeah. So you'll have like two, two and a half days. Okay. Yeah. It's really amazing because your moon's in the second house. Now, if your moon, for example, was in the seventh house of relationships, then like, let's say yours was there. It would be in Taurus, right? If your moon was in Taurus in the seventh house, you would want to focus on your relationships and committed partnerships during that moon lunation. So that would be a time that you would maybe want to spend with someone you love, reach out to people you love, um, work on your relationships. If you were like going to couples therapy or something, that would be a great night to do it during that lunation because you're going you're gonna to be emotional and you're gonna, it's like VIP to the moon. It's like mm. if you're in a club and everyone else is in like the general population, but the moon signs get to go in this amazing <laughs> VIP green room backstage, whatever. <laughs> so let, I want to, I think you should do that this month. I'll let you know the dates and then let me know how it goes. Cause now I'm very invested in this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and um, there's some, some great news though, with this new moon, once it goes to 24 degrees, it's going to trine with Jupiter and Sagittarius. So if squares in astrology represent kind of like a power struggle, trines are perfect flow. It's when two planets love each other. They really get along. They, it's like they kind of, they start orbiting and then they're like, oh, hey. And then they like <laughs> link up with each other and they're like, hell yeah, like let's do this. So trines are beautiful. We love, love, love trines in astrology. And so Jupiter, I also talk about Jupiter a lot. It's my chart ruler. He's the ruler of Sagittarius. 
Jupiter is the biggest planet in the solar system. He's the planet that represents luck and growth and expansion and higher consciousness. He even rules travel, any way that you can expand your knowledge or your life or yourself. That's Jupiter. So anything that Jupiter touches, it has the ability to blow it up and almost over-exaggerate it. Sagittarius is wildfire energy. It cannot be contained. And so at 24 degrees, the moon starts interacting with Jupiter. And so all those goals that, that we were talking about that you were setting out to do, finally, after those two check-ins, then we meet up with Jupiter where Jupiter is like, all right, let's do it. Like, okay, sure. Is that what you want? Because what happens with the square to Saturn and the square to Pluto is we, we get those two check-ins. We get those two reality checks and we can refine a little bit. And then once we get to that Jupiter trine, it's go time. And so emotionally, we're going to very quickly get right back on track. And so with this new moon, it's like, it may feel sticky at first, you know, there's a little bit of a process, but then it gets absolutely amazing. So, I mean, it's, it's really exciting all around and it's better to end on a trine than end on a square that kind of leaves us like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so Jupiter blessings are coming through. And I also wanted to remind everyone that we are in a Jupiter year. So every 12 years, Jupiter has its homecoming. It visits Sagittarius for about 12 months. And because Jupiter loves being in Sagittarius, it's its ruler it really brings extra abundance and blessings to everybody. So Jupiter right now is like, like I'm praying to Jupiter. And anytime something good happens to me, I'm like, thank you, Jupiter. Like, yes, I know it's you. If you give Jupiter attention, Jupiter will see you and observe you and bring you what you need. So Jupiter's great. I love that Jupiter is involved in this new moon. And I also want to take us through really quickly what the sun is going to do because a new moon is when the sun and, and the moon are connected. So on April 5th, again, this is the day that it all happens. The moon's being tested, right? The moon's going through those tests with Saturn. However, because the sun is slower moving, the sun is going to maintain strength for us. So those check-ins, those power dynamic struggles that we're going to feel them internally, but they're not going to affect us externally which is really, really nice, actually, because the sun brings warmth and it shines on everything and anything. So we're going to still have like a glow and a warmth about us. We're never going to lose the excitement of our goals because the sun is going to really be this pillar, this beacon of strength for us, like the sun is, you know. Now, what happens with the sun is that on April 10th, it's going to move to 20 degrees of Aries and square with Saturn at 20 degrees. So now the sun kind of goes through the ringer <laughs> with Saturn. And this is April 10th, you guys. So you'd maybe want to write this down. What happens is the sun is going to be tested with what it has learned because the sun is all about ego and identity and what we output. Right. And so this isn't going to be emotional. Like the moon squaring Saturn is going to be more emotional and Pluto. This one's not, this is more about knowledge and kind of our wherewithal. And so this is a lovely time on April 10th to adjust your expectations. And most importantly, um, it's about not only enjoying the journey, but like respecting the journey, respect that there's a process, respect the fact and know that, again, we don't live in a perfect world and we're not perfect beings. So you might start out with these expectations or these goals and they might become a little derailed and mm. that's okay. Like that's not wrong. That's not inherently bad. That is the process. 
if everything we set out to do just happened magically and perfectly, like, would anything be fun? Like, we would never be challenged. We would never have change. It would just be this weird, like, Brady Bunch, like, <laughs> it, it would be weird, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that part of the uh, whole process is getting through the struggle. I was listening to a motivational speaker earlier, and they were talking about how the people that don't have difficulty or struggle when they're doing stuff, when real life shows up, they have no idea how to handle it. So all of this stuff is character building and allows you to establish a strong foundation. I think I think about that a lot. Um, I'm not sure what your what your youth was like, or like in school and stuff like that. But for me, um, I grew up in like a pretty tumultuous like household, and like there's some trauma and stuff like that. But then around the age of like 11 or 12 we kind of moved out of like the poverty bubble and into like upper middle class. <laughs> and um, I, I was going to school with kids uh, in high school who were driving like, like the whole parking lot was full of like Mercedes and BMW. And like, it, it was kind of crazy to me because personally I didn't like grow up like that. And already at ninth grade, I'd already survived and struggled through a lot of things that probably those, those kids maybe never even saw except for like on TV. <laughs> Mm. And I had a hard time kind of connecting in because there's this weird feeling when you do meet someone who everything's kind of been handed to them and they've never really had struggle. And I am kind of in my life, like when I meet someone and they have some type of struggle or something that they've overcome, I naturally feel more connected to that person. Um, I don't know yeah. if you have that experience at all, but. Uh, I definitely feel more connected to people that struggle. But for me, like personally, I grew up in a pretty middle-class family. Uh, I never really had to want for anything, which is actually part of my own problem. But did then, you drive a Mercedes-Benz to high school? I, I, did, I did not have, I, not that rich, not that Don't rich. Don't lie. <laughs> no. I actually wasn't oh allowed God, to, oh God. I wasn't allowed to get my license until I was like 17. But like I had a lot of material stuff. I didn't have emotional mm. support. But for me, like yeah. when, when I had my Saturn return, I got hit with a super, super hard lesson that really has made me step up and kind of uh, learn how to be a responsible, productive member of society. So now I have a lot more respect for the struggle. <laughs> yes. Do you also think, this is kind of off subject, but do you think that struggle or a big struggle happens to everyone no matter what? Like, if, like I feel like maybe people who experience it younger in life, it's almost like you kind of get it out of the way and then you're able to kind of like coast for the majority of the rest of your life. And then maybe people who didn't struggle early on, maybe they struggle, they have that struggle in like adulthood. I definitely think that you can't get through life without struggle. I think that um, you can try to avoid it all you want, but that in and of itself is a struggle. So you can either deal with it or have it deal with you. <laughs> like there's no other alternative. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, it's just so funny how everyone is just so different. We just all have these completely contrasting experiences. Um, so, okay, so back to astrology. <laughs> um, what's going to happen is that on April 10th, uh, Jupiter is Jupiter's going to go retrograde. So don't want to be the bearer of bad news or anything, but... <laughs> We have a lot of planets, outer planets, going retrograde this month. No. <laughs> well, so what happens with the outer planets being retrograde is really that 
because they're outer planets, these are things that have to do with our longer term plans, our longer term life. So the Mercury retrograde is very in the moment. Mercury is so fast. It like runs laps around us. You know, that's why we think it's a retrograde. It's an optical illusion. It's not really Mercury going backwards. It's just Mercury passing us. (laughs) So what's funny is that with the outer planets though, they're really slow moving. And so when we have these retrogrades, you know, it's, it's going to be Saturn and it's going to be Pluto and Jupiter here is that when Jupiter goes retrograde, for example, that's going to be a time of reassessment of your blessings, of your abundance, of all the gifts that are coming in. It's just going to be a time to really think about that kind of stuff. And so that's going to happen on April 10th. I also want to mention no matter what, if you're born during a retrograde and that planet goes retrograde, you are actually not going to have a negative experience. You're actually going to have a lot of clarity. Hmm. But then during the rest of the year, when they're not retrograde, you might be someone that maybe struggles a little bit with the actions of those planets. So like if you're born with Jupiter retrograde, you're probably actually going to receive more abundance because the rest of the year you might not receive as much as others because you're born in a retrograde. So retrogrades are different for everybody. It doesn't affect everyone the same exact way, but it is going to be a time of reassessment for everyone. And then on April 13th, we are going to have, the sun is going to meet up with Pluto, just like the moon did. So this will be at 23 degrees Capricorn. The sun will be at 23 degrees Aries. And you know, Aries and Capricorn, they're both really powerful planets. Capricorn is Saturn. Aries is Mars. And it's uh, Mars being challenged by Saturn is interesting because these are both cardinal signs. They're masculine signs. So it's almost like, I hate to say it, but this is what came to my mind. It's almost like two like really strong bros like in a fight where you're just like oh my god (laughs) like they're crazy like because they're just so powerful you know and mars being challenged mars is the god of war he does not like to be challenged like and saturn like you have to think about it like wow like saturn must be pretty badass that he's gonna go mess with the god of war you know what i mean like it's just just a lot so that's kind of what's happening here and you know pluto being involved even though pluto's in capricorn pluto is still that that planet of transformation though and so there's going to be on april 13th so write this down guys there could be a power struggle and you know your goals could be changing form what you're outputting could be changing form. So maybe if you like had a goal, like for you, for example, and what could maybe happen is like you start out of the gates with this goal to be like really regimented and really intense. But then maybe around April 13th, you might find like you're doing too much or that your system is like shocked because you didn't do it gradually, like something like that. So it's for your greater good, like I said. But again, goals could be challenged um, or changing forms. And again, something changing form like a goal is not necessarily bad. It's probably what you need. Pluto wants you to transform. Pluto wants you to grow. And so, you know, again, Capricorn gives major insights and as much of a dick as he can be, (laughs) it's like, you want to listen. Like you want to take that lesson. You really, really do. You might not like it, but you want to take it. And you know, the Capricorn energy is very strong. And so where Aries energy wants risk 
Capricorn wants a plan. It wants a practical long-term plan that will stand the test of time. And I actually kind of agree with Capricorn on that. Not just because my moon is there, but because I guess because I'm a Virgo, like I like plans. I don't necessarily like to just leave it up to the universe all the time, (laughs) you know? So, and then on April 14th, so April 14th, another important date to write down, the sun is going to finally make its trine with Jupiter and it is going to, we're going to have aha moments and any rigidity that you may have experienced in the past couple of days since this new moon, you're going to be like, oh, that's why I had that emotional struggle. Oh, that's why I felt that roadblock. It's all going to make sense when the mm-hmm. sun finally catches up to Jupiter. There's going to be just such a deep understanding of everything you're doing, why you're doing it. Everything's just going to really click, really make sense. And this, this new moon is, it's going to teach us all so much about ourselves. It's like I said, a new beginning. And we're going to learn a lot about things like our energy levels, our commitment, um, our satisfaction, our will, our desire, our drive. We're going to learn a little bit of our own limitations. You know, a lot of us might push our minds or our bodies to the breaking point. And so if, when, and if that happens, you're going to learn a lot about your breaking point, your body, what you can handle. So it's really going to be enlightening. It's going to involve a lot of fearlessness. It's going to be risks and it is going to be trial and error. So for this new moon, what you set out to do, be open to redoing it or restructuring it. And, um, you know, remember again, that it's an amazing journey and we're here now and so with a new moon like this, again, opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. It's just, it's so beautiful. And what it's really going to create is, and I know that we've spoken about this before, but I would say like a key phrase in this is like, accept yourself for who you are. Mm. Like really accept yourself for who you are and whatever comes up, if it's a trial or a tribulation or a triumph, it doesn't matter. Accept it all in and feel inspired by it. Um, personally, I, I am inspired by, um, challenge and struggle and all that kind of stuff. It really, I almost oftentimes like when life pushes me into a corner so that I can like find my way out. And in doing that, I find my truth. And so all of us are really going to be able to find our truths, uh, with this Aries new moon, because Aries is honestly, Aries is like innocent and Aries does is a truth seeker. If you've ever met an Aries sun or an Aries Mercury, they are no bullshit. They'll just blurt stuff out, even if it's inappropriate. And you're like, oh my God, did they just say that? (laughs) You know, that's how Aries is. But they say that because they come, it's genuine. Like Aries is not known to lie. They're straight shooters, shoot from the hip, which is great. And, you know, this, um, we have a new moon coming up in May, which we'll talk about in May. But this new moon in Aries that we have is connected to the one in May. And that one is more mature. And that one's going to really refine and define the stuff that we set out to do for the Aries new moon. Because like I said, they're all going to be connected now. And so really this new moon, kind of the last thing I want to say about it is that it's about keeping your fire burning Mm. and adding wood to your fire, knowing how to take care of it. What I would advise against is starting this great fire and then just walking away from it and like letting it burn down on its own. You know, it's really about nurturing our goals and our plans and being open to the possibility. So I'm excited. Yeah, I'm super excited too. It's amazing how every time that you've kind of gone through this stuff, it lines up with really 
where I'm at and kind of like what I've been cultivating in my life personally. Um, so it definitely adds credence to, to your study and your practice and everything like that. Not that you need <laughs> my, uh, my credence to it, but it's amazing to see how accurate that stuff can be without communicating ahead of time. Yeah, no, I do need it though, because, you know, without feedback, I would never know if this practice is really helping people or resonating with people. And so I actually love feedback. And whenever it happens, I'm always, I'm surprised because I'm so passionate about it. But then I'm also never surprised because I'm like, well, duh, astrology is like real inaccurate. <laughs> um, and also, Ross, I just wanted to point out, I hope this doesn't feel like exposing. But oh, you're fine. Okay, good. Because I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Because my Mars, my action planet is in Aries in the third house of communication. So that's why I just like love talking and I just like say whatever. Um, but Chiron, the wounded healer, he is not a planet, but he's like a fixture. He's a, um, an aspect in the sky. Chiron is the wounded healer. And what Chiron does is he, he represents our most destabilizing weaknesses, which sounds really intense. And it is. But he exposes us to that because what he wants us to do is understand that that becomes where we can help others the most or really just be of service the most or grow the most. So it's our most beautiful transformation, even though it is our most destabilizing weakness. And Chiron moved into Aries recently. And so Chiron right now is opening up the wound of self because remember Aries is I. So right now, the collective, all of us, a lot of our own issues not issues with others or work or business, our issues with ourselves are kind of being torn open. <laughs> We're all kind of being gutted right now. And it's going to be like this for, the, for years, for seven years. <laughs> and Chiron is transiting your sixth house. So for the next however many years, you're actually really going to be diving in to that health and wellness and service to others and stuff like that. But what happens is at the end of this Chiron transit, you're going to have such a wonderful and beautiful scope and grip on how you conduct your life on the daily. Hmm. Chiron doesn't just transit and not heal. Chiron always heals. It just takes time. Yeah. So, that yeah. sounds awesome. Um, yeah. I definitely have time. And from, from somebody who was never really into health or wellness uh, up until a couple of years ago in like a, a meaningful way, even just the process of like meditating and doing Tai Chi and stuff like that on a regular mm -hmm. basis, I've noticed such a benefit from it. So it'll be amazing to see kind of where I'm at within seven years with all that stuff and the insight I can share with other people. Yeah. And Chiron also. So if he's starting in your sixth house, do you want to know the next house that he's going <laughs> to open you up to after this? Yeah, sure. Is going to be your seventh house of committed partnerships and relationships. Oh, that'd be awesome. That's an area <laughs> yeah. I struggle with for sure. Yeah. Chiron's going to really open up there and you're going to, any limitations you've been feeling, you're going to totally work through them and you're going to have your Chiron return which is a big one. Chiron return really changes people's lives, kind of like the Saturn return, but it's very internal. Mm. And you're going to have your Chiron return in Taurus, and that's going to be in your house of intuition. So I wouldn't be surprised if during that Chiron transit, you really pick up on some intuition, some psychic stuff. Some, I don't know what it's going to be exactly, but 
I think that your, your esoteric power, if you will, is going to skyrocket during that Chiron transit. Uh, that'd be great. That's definitely something I've been uh, working with. So whenever it shows up and develop itself further, it will be right when it's supposed to. Yeah. And that's what I love about astrology too, is that even though we oftentimes have these like crazy transits or eclipses or retrogrades, and you know, even sometimes me as a professional, I check the transits and I'm like, what the hell are these planets doing? <laughs> like what? <laughs> um, even though that happens, I just know, I feel really safe and protected in that I know the planets know what they're doing mm. and they're all for the greater good. And again, all these oppositions and struggles are also for our greater good. And so there's just something really peaceful about that. Like knowing that these planets are never gonna fuck us over, you mm. know, like, and if they do, it's really not, it's still not that. They're doing it for a different reason that we just can't see. So we don't know what we don't know. And so what I love about astrology is that if we can just open up our minds and our hearts to it, there's just so much benefit. There's just so much there for us. So I'm excited. Yeah, I'm super excited as well. Um, you had mentioned kind of about the, uh, the moon and, and the houses associated with the moon. That's something where listeners might want to get some astrological advice. Um, can you throw out your link? It'll be in the show notes as well, but in case people want to hire you to help them kind of navigate through that or ask you a question. Yeah, I would absolutely love to. So I am available. I'm taking new clients. I also do like 30 day or 60 day or 90 day programs for people who really wanted to deep dive. But my website is rackrayla.com. And you can also message me on Instagram. Um, it's rackrayla is my handle. And I really think that for everyone who listens to this podcast, I would love to offer like a 15% off discount because I was thinking about this the other day. And I really appreciate people who take the time to tune in to this kind of stuff because it's like, you're listening to this, right? You could be doing any other thing in your life. You could be listening to another podcast. You could be watching Netflix. Like there's so many things you could be doing. And for someone to, to make the effort to sit down and give their, their heart and their mind the opportunity to listen to what we're talking about and be open to all of this. I just like really wanted to appreciate that because I just really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I definitely hope that some listeners take you up on that. Um, and I think that that's an amazing offer for you to do. It's very kind of you. It's, it's really just in my nature. Um, <laughs> if you were to look at my chart, it's all about like healing and helping and communicating and my Venus, my planet of love and money is in cancer in the seventh house of committed partnerships and relationships. So relationship building is just so important to me. And I truly believe that no matter what, whether it's clients or friends or lovers or family, if you don't appreciate the people in your life or the people who tune into you, you're not going to really be able to build those deeper, long lasting connections with others. Hmm. So that's kind of just something I've been toying around with it kind of came up for me during the retrograde <laughs> that's one of these lessons for me that's been coming up in every aspect of my life and it's one of the areas that i need to heal but i'm doing my best with it and again it's something that will sort itself out when it's supposed to yeah i just sometimes i can be a little pragmatic moon and capricorn <laughs> and it's like when i'm hanging out with my friends or someone i'm dating 
I'm like, I never hug them. I never like, you know, physically like love on them. And so like, I can kind of just keep to myself a little bit. And so the retrograde really, cause it was in Pisces emotional. It really got me thinking about my communication and my connection because communication doesn't always equal connection. Mm. So I'm like, okay, I, my goal for the rest of the year is to take those extra steps because why not? You know, we only get 2019 one time <laughs> and I want it to be amazing. And it's a Jupiter year. So that's where I'm at with all of that. Yeah, uh, that, that sounds great. It's definitely something I should probably uh, put into my own life as well. So I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate like any time that you've been on here. Um, do you want to take us out with some closing words? Yes, absolutely. And thank you for having me. It's always my pleasure. And I love talking to you. And, you know, I wrote this on Facebook earlier today, but you're one of my favorite Pisces. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Yes, I love Pisces. Uh, Pisces is my sister sign. So what I really want to say to everyone to close this out is really to seize the opportunity, this new moon, to not only activate your internal driving force, anything that's been dormant, any dream that you think somehow is not achievable or that you are not innately worthy, this is the new moon to turn that around and allow yourself to be fully activated. And again, be fearless, take risks. Who cares about last month? Who cares about the retrograde? Who cares about 2018? Who cares about that girl who made fun of you in the sixth grade, like now is the time. This is a new beginning. Enjoy the journey and remember that it's an amazing journey and you get to create the life that you live. That's our birthright to do that. And, you know, like I said, just like follow the stars and allow the astrology to guide you. Thanks for listening to the show, Phoenix family. Just a reminder, we are fan funded and you can contribute with the link in the show notes. Other ways to support the show include leaving excellent reviews wherever possible, subscribing to our YouTube channel, engaging with our content on social media, sending me an email, or reaching out via voice message through the Anchor app. Your support is greatly appreciated. Much love and synchronicity. Peace.